Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. We want you to know who you are and what you have in Christ. Don't keep this life-changing truths to yourself. Spread the word and share our podcast with your friends and loved ones. Listen and be blessed. How to live from inside out. To live from inside out. Mm. This is very, very important. The Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 17, that he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. It's like when a, uh, uh, two, two get married, we say, uh, uh, from this moment, you become one. When you're joined to God, you become one. And it is not one that is joined, one inseparable. And when you understand this principle from 1 Corinthians 6, 17, it is the reason why, because it's inside you, your spirit and his, and his spirit has become one. Uh, when you want to hear him, it comes like a thought. And you think like you are thinking about something. No, it's the spirit inside you. And that is needed that you should understand it clearly. Um, your oneness with God is something you must not undermine. God makes you a supernatural being. When God's power and glory and majesty comes on to inside you as a natural being. Super comes inside nat natural, and you become a super being. Praise God. You are therefore a natural being, have, I mean, a supernatural being, having a temporary natural experience while you're on this planet. You are not who people think you are. You are a supernatural being. This mindset is needed because if truly God, he, who cannot lie, Numbers 23, 19, who he says, I am inside you, you've got to take him at his word. This is the way great men who have made a difference in any shape or form who have been able to live above circumstances have lived. And, I'm, and I expect you to do that. First John 4, 4, it says, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. What are the wicked things in the world? Cancer, stroke, arthritis, diabetics, hypertension, whatever the diseases are that are in the world, he that is in you, walking in you, is greater than them. And with his power in you, you can walk all over it. That's why you can tread upon serpent and upon scorpion and over every walk of the enemy and nothing can harm you. If you live your life with this principle, you will not fear and no infirmities can rest upon you. This is the principle that John G. Lake lived on during the bubonic plague, which was, which was worse, worse than this um, uh, um, coronavirus, 
And this man and the guy assisting him were carrying the dead with the virus touching their body, but it could not harm them. And, uh, you know, it is because he lived conscious that, watch my, my selection of war, he lived with a mindset and a consciousness that I carry God in me and the power of God inside me issues out so much that infirmities, when they touch me, they die. This is the mindset that we in the new covenant should live in. We should not live with the mindset of looking for um, going to um, uh, Elijah, who we say we should go and take a bath in the river. That should not be our mindset whatsoever. That should not be our mindset. I, I, I really want us to make a, a, a bold declaration that we carry God. I really want us to make a bold declaration. A few of you in the hall, you will just repeat it. So please, are you ready? When we make declaration, we say it with all seriousness. We say it with all force because we want it not just to permeate, not just to go into the spirit, but we want it to settle in our minds. I want you to boldly say, I boldly declare. I, I preach the gospel. I preach the gospel. I lay hand on the sick and they do recover. I lay hand on the sick and they do recover. I cast out demons and they go. They don't stop when I cast them out. I thank you, Lord, that you live in me. And greater is you that is in me than any evil or infirmities, or sickness, or cancer, or diabetics, or stroke, or, 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 or arthritis, or hypertension, and every sickness and disease that is in the world. Greater are you who is in me. I boldly declare it. You are greater than those things, and so my system rejects them. In the name of Jesus, I shall tread upon serpent and upon scorpion and over every work of the enemy and absolutely nothing shall harm me. In the name of Jesus, every harm that has been done to me in the past, I decree right now that my system is being repaired, is being repaired from the previous damages in the name of Jesus Christ. The spirit of that woke Christ from the dead is inside me and is, is quickening me, healing me, delivering me, setting me free, renewing me. Not right now, I am declaring it because death and life is in the power of my tongue. I boldly declare it and I know it is so right now. There is power of resurrection in me, and nothing shall harm me. Nothing can hurt me. I decree it. I believe it. It is established. It is so right now in Jesus' name. What 
a lot of folks don't realize is that things of this kingdom are voice activated. Yesterday I was emphasizing the fact that in the new covenant, Christ is the living word. Essentially, if you can declare what the word of God, you are declaring Christ. And nothing can resist him. He's been the one giving a name above all names, and at his name, every name must bow. You don't use that name as a charm. It is, you don't, when you get into a house, you don't open the door and keep opening it. And you hear some people, they are praying, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. It's become, if you've, you, it's lost its value. When you write a letter, you seal it at the end with, with one signature. If when you're writing, you are, you're, you are signing and signing and signing, when will you close? So you seal your letter in the name of Jesus. You don't have to begin uh, uh, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. In Jesus. It, it becomes ritualistic. I, I, it's, so, it's so terrible, some of the things we do out of culture, out of tradition, and sincerely out of ignorance. And the fact that people are doing it doesn't make it right. That name should be should be carries so much weight that when you release it, you know you release it. Not just in Jesus' name. When you trivialize it, that's why when you need that name to work for you, it doesn't work. <laughs> Sorry to use this story, but a friend of mine was talking in the, used to live in the East Coast, and he says they had a neighbor who prayed everything, fire, fire, and everybody in the neighborhood was used to this person screaming fire. But there came a day when real fire came, and they were screaming, fire, fire. People didn't respond because they are used to hearing them say fire in everything. Their house was burnt down, I, I hear. It's, you know, when you call that name, the hosts of heaven respond. Peter said, the power in that name is what healed the lame man in the beautiful gate. There is power in the name. It's the name that's been given. Uh, uh, it's actually the name that saved us. It's higher than any other name. I want you to live conscious that you carry God. To live a healthy life, you must. You must be so conscious of the fact that God indwells you. A lot of believers don't live with this consciousness. I want you to live with that consciousness that you carry God. Don't let it just be a word. Live in that consciousness. Converse with him every day, every moment. I, I, I was going through this in part yesterday, but this can be the most important thing that will make your, your spiritual life your strength, your power, your reigning, the most important thing. Live conscious. Commune with him. Um, don't just pray with him. Pray, pray, use him. Use, use him. Commune with him. Make him an all-time all event. Don't just dwell in his presence. Dwell in his presence. Dwell, dwell in his presence. Um, um, 
Let him, let his presence permeate everything you do. Let it permeate you such that even if diseases touch you, they died. Be so filled, um, be so filled that no, there is no space, no space, no room in you for any evil to occupy. This is very, very important. When a cup is full and you are filled with the glory and presence of God, uh, if any evil comes, it's bounced away. I, I'm trying to make this as simple, but this is the consciousness with which you live. This is the mindset with which you walk. Um, you've got to live conscious that you have him with you and in you and on you. You've got to live with that. Um, let that permit you. Let them permit you. Is the spirit, you see, um, <clears throat> uh, Ephesians, uh, Romans chapter number 8, verse number 9 says, if you don't have the spirit of Christ, you are none of his. If you became born again, then you have the spirit of Christ. And Ephesians 1.13 says, the Holy Spirit came and sealed you. He sealed you permanently. He not only indwells you, nothing can take him out. That's why when you connect it with Hebrew 13.5, he says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So on that basis, you can boldly say, what can a man do to me? What can infirmity do to me when I have God indwelling me? You've got to know that. The spirit, <coughs> remember, the spirit of God is the same power of resurrection. Can you live in the conscious realization that Jesus died for three days? And it was the Holy Spirit that went there and woke him up. Huh? That is the power you have. I don't care, therefore, what the infirmity may be. If the dead that's already smelling can be raised, you can be raised. That part of your body, your kidney can come back, your liver can come back, your heart can come back, your eyes can come back, your muscles can come back. Every and every strange riotous cell which they refer to as cancer can die. Why? You have the power of resurrection in you. Acts 1.8 says you receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Ephesians 1.18 and 19, it makes clear that it is the same power that woke Jesus Christ from the dead that is in you. It is the same power that woke Jesus Christ from the dead that is in you. Isn't that, isn't that assuring enough? You are, therefore, under a totally, you know, you are operating under a different set of laws. You are operating under a different, a different set of laws. I mean, uh, John Lake describes this in, in Romans chapter number 8, verse number 2. Because when they ask him, how are you touching this thing that should kill? And it, this, these germs die when you touch it. He said, it is Roman, Romans chapter number 8, verse number 2. And it says, 
For it is a law. It is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death is sin came into the world and so man began to die gradually with one infirmity or the other. But when you come into Christ, you move into a different law, the law of the spirit of life in Christ has set you free, translated you from the, the power of evil into a life-giving spirit. The Zoe life of God begins to manifest in you. You see, in this kingdom, oh, I think you are, looks like you're drawing something out of me because I was trying to avoid going to the book of Acts chapter number three today. I really want us to camp in, in um, Mark chapter number 5. But it looks like you are drawing something out of me. When Peter made that man who had been lame from all of his life in the temple to walk, do you notice he, he, he never prayed? He never prayed. He issued a command. He says, rise up and walk. You see, it is a spiritual law. If you do not understand... That's why a lot of people are praying, and while they are praying, they fall dead. It is you. It is your duty to issue command. Concerning the work of my hand, he says, command me. He says, you will decree a thing, it will be established. Unless you issue, God said, let there be light, and there was light. So wherever you see infirmity, command it to go. It's a law. You, are, you live under a law, and that law has exempted you from the law of sin and death and translated you into the kingdom where the law of the spirit of life is in operation. When you go to verse number one of that same Romans, I would, I mean, I'm, I'm taking it from verse two and now going to verse number one. And verse one says, there is therefore now no condemnation. Nothing can condemn you. Nothing can condemn you. Condemnation is, is, is a mark of destruction. Nothing can kill you. You are unkillable. You are indestructible. Nothing can kill you. But it's not a matter of prayer. It's a matter of understanding. It's a matter of knowing. God cannot deny his word. To be begging God for what he says he has done is to make him a liar. And no matter how poetic, how sweet your prayers are, they are a waste. Traditions are killing people. No wonder Max, Max 7.13 says, your tradition makes the word of God of no effect. God needs you to issue command. Decree a thing, and you will see results. You will see results. You will see results. Death and life are in your mouth. Always remember, God will not withhold. He will not withhold uh, the, the image 
that you already fix in your mind. There is power, therefore, in your imagination. Genesis chapter 11, verse number 6, it says the people are one, and whatever they have decided to do, God himself says he will not withhold it from them. You see, when you are praying to be healed, have a perfect image in your mind. Imagination is like the womb of a woman. When she conceives, a baby is there. Have a perfect image in your mind. Do not go about with, you cannot be praying for A and having B image in your mind. The image you are decreeing must align with the, I mean, the, the image you have in your mind must align with the word you are speaking. And you, until you see what you have decreed, don't stop, stand and enforce it. God will not withhold it from you. Your mind is a very powerful machine. And God gave it for you, to you to dream, to, to see vision, to have perfect pictures. Always have the picture of your end in mind. That is the way the architects and engineers build whatever they are building. They finish all the drawing. Then they go back into into. Uh, uh, into construction. The image you fix in your mind matter. And if they do not agree with what you are saying, you need to work until you have a perfect image. It's a law. It's a law. If the devil is painting the image of death, the image of sickness, the image of all kinds of things in your mind, please go into scriptures and change it. You not only reject it, but you replace it. That is very important. Uh, like I said, we are dealing with how to live a healthy life. In this kingdom, we are not beggars. We are sons. We are sons. We are not beggars. And our father does not withhold anything good from us. Praise God. The quickening force and power is in you. Romans, Romans 8, 11. The quickening power and force is in you. God placed himself inside you permanently, not for sure. It is so that you will live above circumstances, above sickness. And if I can only convince you to change your perception today, I may, I may just have you... It's not just that, like I said to you yesterday, it's not just so you can be healed. Change your mindset and determine to become a healer. Because God needs you to heal others. I want you to live your life conscious again of your unity and oneness with God. I want you to keep declaring, I abide in him, he abide in me. I hear his voice, he, uh, he hears mine. I want you to keep declaring that the old you is dead. It is Christ that's now living in you, according to Galatians chapter 2, verse number 20. I want you to keep making these very bold declarations that whatever touches you, touches God. <laughs> whatever touches you, touches God. 
he said, he said to Saul, why, why are you persecuting me? Paul would have wondered, I was persecuting the Christians. God identified with them. If God can identify with you, you should identify with him. And he keeps, I keep repeating, 1 Corinthians 6, 17, he that is joined to the Lord, he is one spirit. You and God, you have become one. Not two joined together, but you have become one. Infirmities are in trouble. You will never be the same. Let me just show you the medicine, Christian medicine. Let's go to the book of Proverbs, chapter number 4, 22, 22. The, our medicine, Proverbs, chapter number 4. Wow. Okay, I'll just rush through. Proverbs, chapter number 4, 22, 22. And it says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my saying. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. In other words, let it settle. Let it settle. And I told you the process of letting it enter into your heart is the process of meditation. Uh, uh, you meditate it, you chew it day and night, and it be you become one with that word. And for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Bottom line, it, the word of God is medicine. Take your medicine every day. Take your medication every day. It is the word of life. Let's, let's glean a few. I want to quickly, please send your question in. Please go to Mark. Um, let's send your questions in. Go to um, Pigeonhole. Write your questions. Write your prayer requests. Um, we'll be dealing with them. I want to to look at some healing laws, laws of healing, laws of healing, 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 laws of healing, laws of healing. A few of them, we have been looking at a few. I don't think I will have time to go to Acts chapter number three, but I really want to look at the story of the woman with the issue of blood. Uh, she was bleeding, or some say hemorrhaging, whatever it is. Uh, but in this story are embedded laws, laws. So I will just, honey, quickly read through that story uh, from the book of Mark, chapter number 25 to 34. Uh, Mark 25, Mark 5, from 25 to 34, quickly, quickly. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and has suffered many things from many physicians. She has spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she, had, she was healed of that affliction. 
And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. Well, okay. Now let's go to, let's, let's pick up a few quick laws. Again, go to uh, Pigeonhole and uh, write your questions or prayer requests. Now let's, let's, let's draw, draw out, um, because a lot of laws, this woman put a lot of laws to operation. And if you would put these laws to work in your life, you will get the healings that you need. If you don't, see, the kingdom of God runs on laws. It's just like the law of gravity. You can say, oh, gravity doesn't work. It doesn't work. Try it. Go to the 20th, the 10th floor and ignore gravity and see what will happen. You see, gravity works whether it is in the United States or it is any part, any other part of the world. It doesn't matter where it is. There, the laws are no respecter of persons. If you put them to work, you will get the appropriate result. Your health depends on laws. And I want to show you some of the reasons why people are not getting their healing and they are blaming it on God. But the fault, we have to put it on our table. The day you decide that your health is your responsibility, three quarters of your problem is solved. The day you decide and stop saying, I want to be begging God, I want to be doing this, if only this, it's in your hand. So let's quickly make, let me begin in verse 20, 25. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood, a flow of blood for 12 years, for 12 years, for 12 years. That tells you a very, very important law. Let me continue. And has suffered many things from the hands of doctors, physicians. <laughs> she had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. I mean, I was watching a particular lady who was telling her healing, master, her healing um, testimony. She said, her story was like this because she had cancer and she went all manner of things. But the day she read this, she said this is her story. She got rid of those medications. I'm not saying, I'm not asking you to do that. But that's what she did and she got well. She went into into, into taking the word of God as her medication, and she, she got well. But that was after she had suffered and her story had become hopeless. This woman went around. Number one law I want you to know is that the things of God not only respond to laws, they do not respond to sentiments. They do not respond to emotions. Your tears will not save you. 
Uh, Lord, don't you see how much I have spent? It will not save you. Um, don't you see I have suffered for 12 years? It will not save you. All those are just sentiments. If you are before a human being, you are arguing. The laws, follow the laws, the principles, you will get results. Listen, I'm not saying don't cry, but let me tell you, it doesn't move a tiny needle. Your tears are a waste of time. Put the principles of God to work, and you will not protract your suffering. Emotional displays, they get in the way of spiritual things. God is spirit. You are spirit. If you can conquer it in the spirit, you can conquer it in the natural. But all these emotional, they're good for your flesh. But they're a waste of your time. Actually, what they do is open you up to to allow the devil to, to, to mess you up even the more. So if you want to get your healing, Clean up your face. I mean, rise up. Rise up in faith. Rise up in strength. And stand your ground and resist. Put those principles, the few principles you know to work, and you will get results. Stop. Don't join all of those who are sentimental. They don't know who they are. They are, they are children of God who are behaving like slaves. Because they are ignorant. My people, God said, they are my people. They are destroyed for their lack of knowledge. And when somebody lacks knowledge, you say such a person is a fool, not so wise. When people lack knowledge, that's why I am laboring here to give you tools, to give you knowledge. Because knowledge is power. And some say, ah, but listen. Somebody say education is expensive, and just somebody else responds, yeah, try, the, try ignorance and see how more terrible it is. Let's go to, so, so do, not, do not fall prey to uh, emotional displays. No, no, no. If you want to, be, to heal someone or to be healed, my friend, use your authority. Decrease something. And remember this, she suffered for 12 years. Healing is not automatic. It's not, okay, uh, if I can just do what that person has done. You don't know how many laws that person is adhering to. Number two, principle I want you to see from verse 27. The Bible says, when she heard about Jesus, she took action. Let me say this to you, and this is a very important lesson. Faith comes by hearing. Nobody can take actions without, without having knowledge. Faith without hearing. That's why the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter number 10, it says, how shall they hear unless somebody preaches? You know, some people, I mean, uh, you, you, most of us, we have loved ones that are not in the faith. We want them to come to Christ. And you know the kind of prayer, Lord, save them, Lord, save them. God is not going to send an angel from heaven to, wit- to, to witness to them. Somebody has to share the gospel with them. If somebody doesn't share the gospel with them, they cannot be saved. So it is your job to pray that God will put people in their pathway. 
Whether they turn on the radio, whether they turn on the TV, whether they are interacting with one person, whether they are reading a book, wedge them in. Let's, so this is how to pray for the unsaved. They have to hear. That woman's story did not stop until, I mean, did not change until she had. Listen, you need to keep hearing the word of God. Faith doesn't come by what you had yesterday. Faith comes by hearing. As I'm sharing this with you, your faith is increasing because you are catching more revelation. What you had yesterday will not sustain you today. That's, the, that's why it is the word continuous sentence, hearing and hearing and hearing. I, I, I really must run because of time. Again, like I said, um, send your, go to um, the, um, what's it called, uh, pigeonhole and write your questions and prayer requests. I was quoting from the book of Romans chapter 10, verse number 14 and 15. This is how you pray for the, your loved ones. This is, and let me tell you, you must build your faith. You must keep finding what God says about your health situation. Like I said, by Friday, I'll give you at least 50 to 100 scriptures uh, that pertain to your health. And uh, I mean, this, this is, the word of God is medicine. I want to give you uh, uh, what I would call uh, 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 spiritual medication. These are the things you take in. And you keep taking it. The more you take them, and if, you, if you're weak, you go back and take more. Okay, and uh, so let's continue the story. She came behind Jesus in the crowd and touched his garment. Wait a minute. That is telling you what the Bible says in the book of James. James says, faith without work is dead. If you're claiming you have faith and you are not acting on your faith, it is fake. Now, you have, you have been prayed for. Have you tried to exercise yourself? Have you tried to get off that bed? But they prayed for you. You go back and sleep. There's, there's no action. This woman had and she acted on what she had. If you carry God, you must act on it. You cannot be living in fear. You cannot be, be acting like you are alone. You cannot be acting that other things have power over you. When you know First John says, the greater one lives in you. You are more than who you think you are. You are a giant walking. Angels are afraid. They're just waiting for you to speak a word. Let's continue. Um, for reasons of time, I'm just quickly showing you. Number four law I want to show you from verse 28. Yeah, it's the one I just said now that she acted. She said, uh, um, and, uh, uh, okay, sorry, verse 28. For she said, if only, she said, if only I may touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. She did two things there. She said, death and life is the power of your mouth. <laughs> what you say matter. 
You cannot be saying, oh, I've been healed. Oh, uh, but. Or I agree with with what your doctor says. You cannot. You cannot. She said, the only thing is, I have to touch it. If I touch it, she'll be made well. Death and life is in the power of your mouth. You cannot be saying God has healed me, and next time you say he hasn't healed me. You are canceling out your word. Time wouldn't permit me. I have a lot of teaching on the power of your tongues I have, that you can, you can ask for. You can call the church office and uh, the, uh, the bookstore. The next point I want you to see is that you can set that woman shows you that you can determine how you receive your healing. You can determine it. She was the one who said, if I may only touch. She, can, she could well have said some other things. You, you are the one who sets it. It's not that her healing was necessarily put into that garment. I see people wearing the, the garment and saying, come and touch it. You are touching the hem. They are deceiving you. I think this, the sweetest story I ever had was a guy who, who saw a sweaty man and said, hey, can I take that sweaty handkerchief? And the guy told, told him, all you are going to get is a sweat. Praise God. So I've given you five laws from this woman. From verse 25, the Bible says immediately, the fount uh, of her blood ceased. And from verse 29, uh, the fount of her blood ceased. Um, and dried up right away because she had touched the hem of the garment. You see, point number six for reason of time, because I want to really answer your questions, and um, uh, I don't know how many people, are, how many questions are waiting, so, so I can, I can, so let them keep streaming in. Okay, let me just give you a few more points. You, you, are, you are the one, number six, you are the one who determines how you want your healing. You are the one. For some of you, you are already so used to anointing oil bottle. You are the one who limits God there. You, de- you are already determined unless somebody lays hand on you. It is your choice. But for me, I can tell you, you can receive your healing in your bed. Standing on Romans chapter 8, verse number, number 11, that says, if the spirit that woke Christ from the dead dwells in you, it will in like manner quicken your mortal bodies. It will like manna quicken your mother body. And number seven point I want you to know is that you can know. Jesus said, you can know when virtue leaves you. Jesus said, who touched me? Something left me. If you are so connected with the spirit, you can know the mind of the spirit. You can know when power flows. The, the liquid power of God, you can become so conscious and it becomes tangible to you. And so you can know when power is flowing and you can know when power is not flowing. You can know it. You can know it. You can know it. And so when you know the power has flowed, you are relaxed. You are relaxed. They're not, don't let anybody frighten you. That it, it is cancer. And then you begin to shake. You can't minister to someone when you yourself you are, you are shaking. I mean, yes, you, that, it, it, it gets your attention but greater is it that is in you. So it's the same grace that is inside you that heals headache, that will heal cancer. And that's how simple it is. And let me just add one more. Jesus said, who touched me? Remember that for, for some people we say, 
uh, he was just asking for the sake of that woman. No, he was not. He didn't know everything. Remember this. He emptied himself. He made himself of no reputation. He lived there. He, while he lived there, he, that's why he was son of man. He needed to be a, an ordinary human being. That's how he lived. He did not lose his godship, godheadship, but he did not function here as God. Otherwise, he would not have needed to be in communication with his father. And so through his father, which is the same thing I'm asking you to do, live in the consciousness that you are with God. Talk to him. Ask him questions. Relate with him. You are in union with him, and you will keep getting amazing results. Uh, rather than follow all those rituals, um, no, you are in the new covenant. You carry more than you think you carry. Father, thank you. I'm praying that this your children will manifest their glory, your, the glory that is locked within them. The woman with the issue of blood, she came out of that situation. I'm talking concerning this your children. I don't care what is facing you. I don't care what you are facing. It will bow to you because the greater one lives in you. You've got to live in that consciousness. I'm praying that these people will live in the consciousness that greater is he that is in them, that greater is he. That Christ in you, like I said in Colossians 1, 27, the hope of glory. And like Galatians says, greater is he that is in you than whatever you face, you're coming out to the glory of God in Jesus' name.